Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Who Do You Think You Are? An exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lastia Kahoot, and I'm your host. I'm joined by my co-host on this show and in life, Glenn Sheridan. Every episode, we're joined by a special guest who inspires us to consider not only what we think, but how we think, and how that thinking impacts our life experience. It's time to get this conscious conversation started as we ask today's guest, who do you think you are? Hello, hello, and welcome everyone to another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? My name is Lassia and I am your host. And once again, as always, I'm here with my co-host on this show and in life, Mr. Glenn Sheridan, somewhere. Hello, everyone. And today we have another super special guest that we are really looking forward to hanging out with. Uh, We wanted to have her on the show for a long time and today is finally the day. But just before we get started, I would like to say thank you, thank you, thank you. We are so infinitely grateful to be coming to you from Saanichton here on Vancouver Island, where we live, work, breathe and play on the unceded lands of the Wasanich people. We are so grateful to be here in these times, in this amazing, amazing place, on this beautiful day, in this now moment. Thank you. So here is a little bit about our guest today. She is super versatile in a variety of musical genres. She is a dynamic and well-stylized guitarist and vocalist. Um, Let's see, where did we meet her? We met her a few years ago when she was performing with her parents, who are also incredible musicians at the Center for Spiritual Living Victoria, and soon after became friends with her because she's just so super groovy and is the bee's knees. Um, She grew up in Victoria. Uh, Her parents are musicians. Her brother is a musician, and she has a deeply rooted foundation and love for music. She's lived in Montreal. She got a diploma in jazz studies in Victoria, and she also spent a summer in Nashville as an artist in residence where she honed her songwriting skills. Um, She has also traveled and worked at sea on boutique cruise ships, having been part of a small handpicked entertainment team with Seaborne Cruise Lines. And more recently, in 2019 and 2020, she spent four months in the Canadian Rockies performing as a solo act six nights a week for the Fairmont Hotels. She wrote this amazing last line in her bio. She adores animal companions of varying character and really loves hot dogs. (laughs) Now, I'm also going to add that she was Milana's first vocal coach uh, after we moved here to the island. She is, she is just an amazing, amazing singer songwriter. I love listening to her sing and play. I love the clarity and richness of her voice. And I love her as a person because she is just so, in addition to being super lovely and chill and easygoing, she is also one of the most curious people I I know. And so I love having conversations with her. I love how she just is so present during our conversations and time together. And I love that we have, um, we have been immersed in music together. We have cooked together. We have hung out together. And here we are today online having a conscious conversation that is already bubbling up with super amazing things making their way forward. So without further ado, knowing there's so much more to come, Danielle LeBeau Peterson, tell us, who do you think you are? Uh, thank you so much, Lassia. It's, um, I feel very humbled 
by your introduction. It's really beautiful. And um, I just feel lucky to be loved. <laughs> you know, it's such a, it's, I think it's the thing that everybody is constantly like looking for just like in con like just seeking um and uh so thank you so much for that um and um you know the the, the first thing it's it's a funny i'm gonna tell you something that i believe it's quite unexpected because the first thing that actually comes to mind is is um is a jerry hallowell song <laughs> Okay. Do you know who Hallowell is? Do you know who she is? I know the name, one, but I don't know who Glenn knows. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. She is one of oh, the Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> she is. I did not is, see this coming. Yeah, she is former Ginger Spice. Um, okay. Yep. Potentially my favorite. I don't know. It's why choose a favorite Spice Girl? I mean, we could just we could just uh, spend time on your podcast just exploring that question. But um she has this wonderful really sassy song oh actually no i'm so sorry you know what it's actually a spice girl song i'm um i'm mixing it up but there's a it's just i often think in song lyrics yeah like if you my 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 brain is just like it almost feels like it's just peppered with lyric which is one of the reasons why i'm so passionate and in love with lyrics and um so I have this lyric that soars through my head. It's like, who do you think you are? And it's kind of joyous. And it's a little bit inquisitive. It's a bit, I would say, almost like a bit cocky. Um, so that's actually what I think of when you ask me that song. <laughs> but to, to digress, I, I think I'm just showing you a little bit about how my brain works. Um, I think I live personally in um in 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 my head more than i maybe would like to and a lot of the time music is is happening in my head <laughs> i'm i'm digesting songs sometimes and often they're they're songs with words in them and these words um are kind of communicating to me and they're they're bringing up ideas and they're they're a lot of the time they're grounding me like if I'm actually if I feel like I'm actually not very present sometimes I'll an earworm will come into my head and it'll be like a song I, I didn't dial up inside me but if I listen to that song it'll it'll put my attention somewhere sometimes it's sometimes sometimes it's a song from a certain time of life Sometimes it's the lyric itself. Sometimes it's, it's, it's this really, really interesting way that I feel like my subconscious um, connects me <laughs> or like my, my conscious mind connects to my subconscious mind. Right. So, um, but I'm going to actually like face the question now um, or like, you know, embrace the yeah. question. And I mean, it's a, it's such a beautiful question and such a big question. Um, I feel I feel like I'm someone who is almost always trying to like tinker with the way to be be as bright and as joyful as I can. 
and I find this to be very challenging at times. <laughs> um, but to but to do that to and a, to connect to my heart so that I can actually bring that into the world. And it feels a lot of the times it feels like a puzzle, or it feels like um, I'm going to use like a big word like Sisyphelian, <laughs> or like yeah, like. Um, but sometimes it's so easy and there's just a lot of mystery to it, I think. Um, I think I'm someone who's very, 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 very lucky to be alive with what I've been given. Um, I feel very privileged. And so I feel privileged with not only just living in this part of the world and but also being given the opportunity to develop my gift and then share it. So mm, I feel like that. Um, I feel very fallible. <laughs> I also, you know what? I'm, I'm noticing something. Um, I'm a deeply feeling person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm saying I feel and I feel and I feel. Mm -hmm. um, because I think that my thinking is very informed by how I feel for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. I sometimes, um, I think as I mature, I start to become more and more and more aware of how, um, I mean, I think we're, we're generally very similar as humans. I think we're driven by very similar things. Um, however, I also feel and think that not everyone has the same processes as me and like <laughs> operates the same. Um, and I think that that's something as I mature that I become more and more aware of. Like, oh, not everyone is like operates in a deeply feeling way. Not, not everyone relates to words in the same way that I do. Um, yeah, not... Uh, it almost makes me think of love languages. Like not everyone expresses and gives and takes love in the same way. Mm -hmm. Yet it's like the driving force. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah. I think um, I think that scratches the surface um, when you. Like, how come you like this question? Or do you like this question? I mean, I feel like you must like it because we're you've like, you have a podcast about it and you feel like you probably spend a lot of time talking about this question. So I'm assuming you like it, but like what, what makes you ask this question? Yeah, you know, this, that, that's a great question, Danielle, after, after I've written a page of notes already um, from stuff that you have said, um, so much to unpack there. Um, no one has asked, no one has asked me that question before. And I haven't answered the question myself. I just keep asking people, who do you think you are? It, um, when we were trying to come up with a, a title or a name for our podcast, there were many different things that we considered and many variations that we went through. And for the, for the first 
few weeks, months, whatever, we really were sort of focused on consciousness being the word consciousness or the concept of consciousness being the thing around which everything was going to revolve. And so we went through a few different options and some of them felt good for a time and, and, and some of them, you know, just kind of came and went and Glenn's were just too esoteric most of the time. And they were like super clever. Um, but, but I said like, not enough people are going to understand that. Not enough people are going to get that. There will only be like a teeny tiny percentage. Um, as awesome as it is, we want something that will make people think and, and that will just be more accessible in, in, you know, in some way. And so, really for me it i think it it came down to because i have been steeped in spiritual and consciousness studies for the last five and a half years and this is something that we are constantly working on is who do we think we are versus who we really are mm. and just that sort of you know distinction between how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings impact our life experience and whether we are continually, you know, sort of choosing to create our life experience based on what is going on around us, the, the roles that we play, the jobs that we have, the labels that we accept, the expectations that we try to live up to, whether they're ours or, or others, you know, sort of, you know, feel like others have, have cast upon us. Um, versus the infinite expansive universe that we are versus mm -hmm. this incredible universal energy that is the interconnectivity and essence of everyone and, and everything versus the driving force of love that you just talked about that expresses differently through and as everyone and is felt differently through everyone. Um, mm -hmm. So for me, this is just such an amazing question. There's a chapter in my book that's devoted to this question. Um, mm -hmm which is just it's a prompt it's a it's a continual prompt and opportunity to really look at how am i showing up in life am i showing up in this sort of limited scope that is based on these boxes and labels and ideas that you know i've sort of glommed onto and have accepted as truth or even my identity for my life you know up until this point or am I going to continue to push the boundaries and, and kick and scream out of my comfort zone so that I can experience what I'm actually capable of and meant to do in this lifetime as mm -hmm. that infinite expansive universe, as that driving force of love, as whatever you want to call that, you know, it, you just, you know, that there is something bigger and more powerful and creative and resilient than you are you know, compared to what your life has been up until now. So that's, you know, scratching the surface there. Like that's, that's a bit of my answer um, mm. to your question. That's and so great. I, yeah. I know, I know that's that I'm the one who, who, you know, asked the question, but I'm going to flip it over to Glenn. And well, my answer is yeah. I don't have any answer to that question. Ooh. I have more questions that come up. But... Oh, mm. look at you. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, well, it's such a good prompt, right? I mean, when you're answering it and like, I can see when you're, especially when you got your guitar in front of you, uh, which if you're listening on podcast, you don't know, but she's got a guitar right there. Thank you, Danielle. Um, and musicians have this skill that they have to hone 
where they're they're having to um, play for time like if they're waiting for some lighting to change or someone to show up who's not who's not there yet um, that's a that's a wonderful skill where you can kind of like stretch things out and like so when when you're answering these questions and you're going through the different um, versions of you know where, where from what angle do I come at this question because it's an infinite kind of it's kind of a stupid question in a way right but it's like it's something to focus on so I don't think it's stupid when when you're answering it it's like do I answer with my heart or because my head is telling me these things hey here's an interesting tidbit and you mention all these things about the the song lyrics and I've got that thing part of that in, in myself as well um, you know the whole thing about my last year pointed out my cleverness with words or whatever that's my that's one of the reasons I get up in the morning I like I like wordplay it's fun it's play mm -hmm. and um, but that's not necessarily why I'm here right so it takes a long time in life to realize like I'm I'm here for things that I don't even know yet what like what what purpose what um, interactions with people um, being surpri surprised in in um, in uncomfortable ways like things that drag you out of your comfort zone like into the darkness so that you can see what your light how your light shines kind of thing it, it so that's for me it's like this question is just it's like a, a focusing point it's something to place your attention on and hopefully relax and then let everything else come flowing from that whatever you're paying attention to that person you're paying attention to right so mm -hmm. anyway that's not really an answer but but it's okay like an answer to me <laughs> yeah i mean i um i like thinking about these things that we're talking about both both of what you said i mean um the like i know what it likes i know what it's like to feel like i'm kind of like very much um, in harmony in life or like i'm in my skin i'm i'm like i'm unencumbered uh and it feels kind of like <laughs> sometimes I feel like there's um well I actually believe that we have infinite selves <laughs> and sometimes I think it's like it's like how um how skilled you are at like picking the self that's like the most um harmonious this mm -hmm. environment i don't know i mean i think these things are really they are mysterious but um i think as a human i just i yearn for that like that feeling of like of, of peace and empowerment and and ease and um joy i don't i think that sometimes i'm like am i entitled to that Am I supposed to like, it's like, I go back to maybe like, you know, um, a very 
Eastern perspective, it's like, well, suffering is just, you know, suffering is life. Oops. Suffering is life and, and, and therefore kind of get used to it. <laughs> like, I, I feel that that's a narrative that I have interpreted from some uh, Eastern maybe philosophy. Um, and, and I'm not sure if I need to subscribe to that. I'm not sure if it's my, I'm not sure if it's my Western entitlement that gives me a sense of like, no, like you can be happy a lot of the time. You can feel good. You can, you can choose that. So I think that that's kind of when I go back to my response of like, I feel like I'm constantly tinkering. <laughs> like, I'm just like, it's like, I've got like this, like very complex, like moving part thing that's like, oh, well, maybe if I push this button, like this, like this will happen. And then I'll, and then I'll be able to smile when I, when I really want to, <laughs> and then like someone else will too. And, <laughs> or maybe I'll, you know, sing, be able to just say yes when I'm asked of things, when I'm asked to serve, you know, um, I'm very curious about, about the operation of like what consciousness is and the vast like i think that i if people ever ask me about the word god i mean i wasn't i wasn't raised using that word um i don't feel terribly afraid of that word or super opposed to it i don't think it's really my word mm -hmm. but i would i would say like if if someone would say what's your word for god i would say it's the vast pool of consciousness Mm. like it's just and so like understanding what that is um and how to really work it <laughs> so yeah. see oh, wow this is splitting into different things here for me so when you when you're answering that when you're saying those things and you're pointing out how you're noticing how you um, are you're not at war with yourself, but you're noticing you have like this this uh, flow of perspectives of you know life is suffering or suffering is life, as you said. Um, you know what? Who am I to kind of stand up and say, you know, I'm different? And then you've got this other part that says, well, look, when I when you feel when you're playing. When you when you are at play, when you're joyful, when you're experiencing life to the full, there's only that really, because in the background there might be other things that are potential suffering, but you're in that moment of pure fun and ecstasy and joy, right? Um, so that just means that's where you are, right? And that's who you are in that moment. And then the other stuff falls away, but then it it, it may come back in, uh, you know, as we, as we all experience that, you know. Um, but that word God, like as you, as you answer, as you bring that thing up, is like I think to my ears now, it's it it it's becoming more obvious that. Um, there's the question with that like what 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 do you mean by god like one god or the gods that used to be for many people there were many gods you know 
each spirit had a god each each um archetype kind of thing had a god each each uh event like the crops you know they had their own god you know so you prayed for the best for that experience to get through the winter you know we would have enough food we would have shelter you know so but we're we're in the west and the word god is generally in the air as like the monotheistic idea of like yeah one god and i lassie and i talk a lot about this whole thing of like one consciousness and all that but god um for many people still they they put the word god in a box to mean like a single identity like one so therefore like what does that mean like, is that a god that you pray to is that separate from you um or is it as we sort of more believe it's part of us or we are we are it we are part of it um but i also like the pagan and, and the and the indigenous cultures ideas of, of many gods because it's in you know in, in india like you just you you light a candle to whatever you feel um inspired to connect with in that day and it might be a statue of jesus or it might be um a spice a girl yeah so it's, <laughs> it's like what's going on with you well i gotta go and light a candle i gotta like light some incense and be mm -hmm. with that experience but it's an interesting thing because we're in the west and it's like we're doing things a little bit differently but we also have the sort of luxury of like combining everything um and like picking and choosing like we're at uh we're at costco and just like going down <laughs> the aisles and like i have a little bit of that i can do that next week you know but right now i don't need it you know so yeah i mean i have this i I have a sense of like the the West being some I don't know being like I when you talk about is it what it like monotheism and like systems where there were many many gods like I I find it really interesting to contemplate those entities as though they were embodied like they were like um people or half animal people like they were kind of things we could conceptualize as something like us mm -hmm. um yeah. and why i i think love the term for me the vast pool of consciousness is because it actually like it it is faceless it's mm -hmm. it's energetic mm -hmm. and there's something very like for me very very true there's something that i i can only say like like for me i know this i i i know something and i i don't think it means actually it's different from anybody else's narrative mm -hmm. it actually just means i have ideas and i have a story that aligns with me and this is how I can tell my story to you. I can say, I remember one of my first spiritual concepts as a young person that I like felt like I knew and it wasn't, it wasn't attached. It wasn't culturally ascribed to anything, but it was this idea of reincarnation. Mm -hmm. And I actually don't think like 
I incarnate, like, I don't think like, it's like, there's going to be another person necessarily. Maybe there will, maybe there won't. Actually, I'm not too focused on that, but I do know that energetically, I like my energy has intelligence. I think that there's like something about my energy that, that when it will leave this meat suit, um, will like it's gonna go somewhere and it and it will carry on there's a culture there is some kind of culture in me that carries on um and it feels almost like liquid to me like that's why i say like the pool of consciousness i almost feel like if i were to give you imagery it's like i feel like i'm like my spiritual essence is liquid and then it just like it got poured into this and then it's gonna get poured back into something else and then that and that's going to mix around with something and it'll get poured into something else. So, um, and I think that's exciting when I think of that, I find it, it feels very exciting to me because it feels true and it also feels infinite, um, in a way that life truly feels infinite to me. And when I can speak like this, it's, 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 I find it really playful and fun to speak like this because it actually removes me from, it feels very like high vibration mm -hmm. and it helps me to think, like helps me to think about low vibration fear that I, that I contend with that on a daily basis, <laughs> you know, and it's like, I think it's like, oh, okay. It's like, but you don't have to be afraid of dying. <laughs> and, you know, something just as, as a, is a huge idea, like just to really bring it home there, yeah. <laughs> take it to the max <laughs> as a metaphor. Mm -hmm. I, I am loving just listening to you. Like, I almost like don't even want to ask you questions and stuff because there's just this incredible wisdom and just like that curiosity that you know is one of the things that I love about you so much is just you know like like as you're talking and you know I can sort of like see the windmills of your mind kind of working you know as they're sort of processing what they know but then there's this air flow you know coming in and then as you're talking about this the imagery of this you know, vast pool of consciousness and, and the essence, you know, being liquid, pouring into something and then mixing with something else and pouring into something else. And it, oh, it just, it's so rich. And so, I mean, I think, I, I think that it's something that a lot of people could, could relate to. Um, but I just, I haven't heard this described by someone in this way before. And so I'm just loving listening to you talk and, tinker and and you know question as you're talking and just be open to whatever it is that is coming up but still have sort of this grounding idea that you find to be true and feels good for you that um you know opens you up to the infinitude that you are um which helps you in times of when you're not feeling that way you know when you when you're you know in the low vibration of fear that you were just talking about so this is it's just oh it's beautiful and it's so rich and it's so simple too um it's just it's lovely and i mean i 
there's so many things that you've said that I, you know, thinking, oh, I'd like to talk about that. I'd like to talk about that. But you kind of just keep going on. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there's anything to like go back to just to keep going forward because, and oh, and the thing, the thing that came to mind was as I'm listening to you think, it reminds me of when you or a guitarist might noodle on a guitar while mm. just not necessarily playing a tune, but just sort of like playing. And it's almost like that's what I'm experiencing, you know, as I'm or listening to you and watching you as you're just thinking your way through, you know, whatever it is that is, that is just coming from you. And um, everything that you say just sort of opens up to more curiosity and more questions. And even though Glenn said earlier that he didn't have an answer, just more questions, I think even in that answer, whatever, I mean, it just, you know, I know that, you know, when I give a response to something, it's not the end all be all and that it will never change. Like for me, everything is changing all the time. There's, there's no, I mean, just very recently, you know, like have learning that there's no objective reality that is taking place without me in it. Um, that the universe is rebooting itself anew every single moment, which means that I am brand new. And those infinite selves that you were talking about earlier on in the conversation, when you said that, I mean, I know that Glenn, you know, nodded his head and, and, and he resonated with that. And that's something that I resonate with too, that there are like, it's, it's, it's infinite. We are infinite. And, and the reason that we are, you know, having this experience right here, right now in this moment, which is brand new every moment is because that's what we're choosing to focus on. But kind of like you said, you know, we can focus on something else. We can like leap, you know, into another trajectory and experience something at any time. Don't necessarily know how to do that all the time, but, but how cool is it that that's, that's what's happening and that we have this, you know, opportunity to just experience something different and new and that we're constantly growing and that we're constantly evolving in ways that we don't even understand or comprehend but to just be open to that fluidity, you know, of that vast pool of consciousness that is just pouring itself through each and every one of us. Um, it, it's just, it's so exciting to me. So I'm just loving listening to you right now. Aww. So it's so, you. yeah, I'm, that's so wonderful. Thank you. I mean, I, it's like, I think that that's, you know, when you're describing that feeling, it's like, it's like, that's the feeling. It's like, if I could stay in that feeling with people around me all the time, that would be my preference. <laughs> but like, you know, and I, I wonder about that. And I think, you know, how do we, how come we have experiences where we're not like that? Like, it's almost, I think, um, someone I love to listen to partly just because of the um the uh the rhythm of her voice <laughs> I find it extremely soothing is Tara Brock um mm -hmm. and her description of being in trance um and being not in trance is something that I feel like could be very much a part of this conversation for me because um, going back to that tinkering thing, it's like, 
it's like when I'm here with you and Glenn and we can have this conversation and it feels rich and it feels exciting and it feels safe and it feels kind of like like I'm not really I'm not existing in fear right now I'm not I'm not thinking about so many things I could think about I mean like you know like you know it seems like I within reach there are so many things to feel grief about right now and I think that's even an important pro human process as well it's not like I'm trying to like you know say that I only want to live and eat sugar all day or like you know um but but being in this kind of moment with you guys it's like how it seems like that that actually is possible <laughs> to do <laughs> and like be with each other and and be and listen and be in agreement and not be afraid yeah and i think that that's kind of like and that's like not being in trance yeah and so it's like it's like i think that someone like to go back to your original question it's like i am constant i am someone who is constantly trying to not be in trance <laughs> be okay. in the be in the trance be in the illusion of fear and pain wow that's interesting because the word trance to me and, and again i haven't heard i've heard interviews with tara brock and uh she's very interesting and obviously very grounded and everything and but the word trance for me i thought you were going to say like as in going really really deep in meditation mm. right you just flipped it back upside down for me it's like that yeah oh. that's the other kind of trance that is not helpful right is is like being only focused on one thing without agency and just getting sucked into something that's not necessarily good for anyone right yeah, I think it's almost like maybe I could maybe I could better say like the way I'm associating that word right now because words I feel are flexible. Yeah, and yeah. And has different connotations. I think words are alive. Um yeah. and I think words are are so exciting in that they do grow and change. Like they 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 aren't they just like Glacia said like everything is in motion. I I think of yeah, it's like we're constantly on a highway <laughs> with everything. Everything's just churning. Um, but that, the, 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 when I say trance, I think I am associating it with, um, just the grip of like, like, it's like, I can sit here and I can just think of like so many things that could scare me and then like immobilize me, bring me down, um, and action, but actually it's like, or I could just not, I could tell, I could fantasize about <laughs> like, a different kind of life and actually like it's it's the it's just the amazingness of the mind and how powerful it is um but that trance state at trauma and, and the word trauma also seems to come up because i feel like um the the way i'm describing trance almost feels like maybe like a processing of trauma or a healing okay. from trauma and and how like you know maybe we'll I'll just use a simple example of like getting criticized within a workplace situation or a work, you know, a simple criticism from someone who might have the authority to, you know, change right. your job. And then 
how most people in that situation are so deeply threatened mm -hmm. by it. Mm -hmm. Like it's really hard. And I absolutely include myself. And at the same time, like if I could pan back and just look at like, just be like that person just like told me to like get to work a little earlier or like, you know, mm -hmm. maybe wear slightly different clothing or mm -hmm. um, <laughs> it's like, like, I think sometimes like a response can just be so big and that's that's what I would like an example of being in trance it's like right. actually that trance was more about like that threatens my identity that I don't feel secure I feel like I you know my livelihood is in question I I don't feel accepted and loved in my tribe I don't feel like I have community I don't feel seen I don't feel loved I don't feel you know yeah. and that's that's the trance I'm talking about you you okay. mentioned earlier about it's um you don't have to, I think you said you don't have to fear dying. Like you don't, <laughs> right? And you're not the first person to say that on this podcast, but you, not many people have said it, but you're second or maybe third. And that's really important. Like that's one of my grounding things is like I'm not. However, you know, if it's death by a thousand cuts, it's like, you know, that's a lot of to go through, right? That's a lot yeah. of, um, band-aids and just processing and all that like as you said you, you know you could be hit by an asteroid tomorrow and whatever and uh <clears throat> but at the same time it's like your thoughts would be in that same morning like i still got to get to work and get my lunch and get on the bus and um you, mm -hmm. you we get focused on on these patterns of you know this is the important thing to do but yeah, I, I just, it's a weird time because as on the one hand, I've been hearing for 30 years, people saying, you know, there's a shift in consciousness, right? There's an age of, you know, Pisces into Aquarius, whatever. It's like, there's a huge shift. Um, but at the same time, we're still not ready for what's going on. Because like shift means there's going to be rapid change and it will speed up so much that you think you won't be able to handle it. And things like that are going on, but it's the same time, at the same time, it's still like, well, what's happening in me? Because that's actually what's happening out there. That's really mm -hmm. what's going on, I think, is what is the we're, we're experiencing the reflection of our own um, awareness and consciousness, our own lens on on what um, what truly we're putting out, like our 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 light in the world or whatever it's like that's what we're seeing we're seeing the flickering and the and the images from the our own candle and we think like oh that's what's going on but really it's we're only part of it like it, it, it's part of who we are right so last year rescue me because i'm getting that's <laughs> okay rambled here no again i'm just i'm really like this is one of those times <coughs> excuse me or I'm just really enjoying listening. And I mean, one of the things that that happens when, when we're doing the podcast, I'm taking notes constantly and I'm paying attention to what people are saying to sort of, you know, guide the conversation as it's unfolding. <clears throat> and then when I go back to listen later, as I'm doing a little bit of editing at the, at the, you know, at the front and at the end, I hear things that I didn't hear because I wasn't mm -hmm. fully present because I was, you know, trying to pay attention. 
one of you might need to talk about because I'm probably going to cough some more because I swallowed my okay. green juice wrong. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no problem. Um, well, <clears throat> yeah, um, it's it's pretty interesting to like even just going back to what you said, like Glenn, like like the when I was speaking just like kind of offhandedly about like, like, oh, I'm like to not be afraid of dying. And then you bring up, well, there's different ideas of that. Like, you know, maybe you could have a very painful death or a protracted death or something, all this. And it's like, actually in those situations, I just think we adapt <laughs> like in like, like I know my mother, I can tell about certain things about my parents because I'm quite close to them and I can see like some of their particular anxieties. Um, and one thing I think that I've observed from my mother is she's, <clears throat> she seems very anxious about maybe developing Alzheimer's at, at some point. I, it's not prominent in our family or anything, but I can tell it's just something she thinks about. And mm -hmm. She's like, oh, I, I can't remember this thing. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, is this early onset? Blah, blah, blah. And I just go, yeah, you know, like I can, I, I know friends of mine who have parents who they're dealing with this issue with. Um, I can see how it's hard for them. I can see different people dealing with it in different ways, relating to it in different ways. And I just also think it's, it's pretty amazing. Like, I'm like, I mean, clearly this is a, this is a subject I'm, I'm not informed on. Um, but I, I use it as an example to, to speak about what we maybe are fearing. It's like, maybe there are some, I feel like I've experienced some people who are experiencing this condition who are quite joyful mm -hmm. <laughs> and like aren't in a lot of pain, aren't in a lot of psychological pain. And it's like, and that even kind of brings me back to like, myself and I go like how graceful can I be at any point in my life how how much can I like how how accessible is um is a place of harmony and, and joy and pleasure and like light is it right there all the time I actually think it might be um but it's like it's a it's not an easy thing to always come back to especially um you know if if we're in in, a, in pain in pain of different kinds yeah yeah i um oh gosh there's so many things to to address and just bear but how's that green juice <laughs> it's oh it's 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 yeah it's good and I just you know I'm thinking about the fear of dying and I think the thing that just jumps out at me the most out of everything you said in the last few minutes was we adapt and you know it took me like I wrote down fear of dying and then Glenn's thing of death by a thousand cuts and how you know maybe that's not the preference but I I I I really feel like we adapt is is the important part there and I agree with you because we are sort of very simply and sort of, you know, relatively, we're hardwired to survive. And so 
the the body and the mind and and it, it just like it's going to do whatever it can do to survive to make it through and and you know when we think in terms of you know i i too i feel i am not afraid to die i also feel like i have a whole lot of living left to do and that there's work that i have to do and there are ways to serve that i have not yet you know been of service in um but for me that's not one of the fears that i entertain um however when i think of dying you know i think that i well i had to do an exercise when i was in my first year of spiritual practitioner studies we had to plan our memorial service um as dr james mm -hmm. said from soup to nuts and so we had to um say you know decide when we were going to die how we died <clears throat> and then what our memorial service or celebration of life was going to be like from the opening moment until the very end and so i thought about it a lot and for me like i just feel like i'm living to at least a vibrant 120. you know it's not about living long it's about living a full engaging fulfilling vibrant life and for me 120 just seemed like a super amazing number but vibrant and then whatever else is after that that's just bonus time right um however like i have a preconceived notion of what i want that life to be like and i have a preconceived notion of what i want my death to be like and that preconceived notion is because of where i am now and what i have thought and experienced up until now but if i were to you know sort of open myself up through meditation or mindfulness or you know something i haven't done up until now to sort of tune in to the infinite possibilities of what my life could look like you know up until 120 and what my death could look like that's different you know sort of doing it from this moment where i am now than actually being there having lived you know sort of even though life is not linear according to quantum physics, but having lived a life of 120 years. And so for me, this idea of we adapt, I will have adapted, you know, by the time I get to that 120. And if it ends up turning out that it's by a thousand cuts, you know, or something in between super vibrant and I drop dead doing something I love to, you know, agony and pain or whatever, I will have adapted along the way. And, and, you know, what I think would be agonizing and death by a thousand cuts, you know, from today's standpoint, could look and feel very different by the time I get there. Does that make any sense? Am I just like, no, like, you know, whatever. I feel like you're, yeah, no, it's really cool because I feel like you're, um, I feel like the, the work you've done, like, it's like when you talk to me about that kind of, uh, exploration in consciousness and spirituality I go wow that's so cool that you've spent that time doing that for yourself and when you share it with me I feel like I benefit from it I'm like oh I could could I do that I could probably do that I mean I could probably be like I mean I could think about how I wanted to how I want to exit I think people have I've I've heard stories of this and I've heard it's very it's like you can do it <laughs> and if you can do it like why why wouldn't you yeah it's just because it's like it's almost like there's so many ways to spend our time and yeah. and you know take our take our awareness and it's like our awareness is ours 
it's it's our gift yep. and so it's like what do you want to do with it yep. and that's really i think it's wonderful to hear about that that you've spent time doing that and that yeah and that you're contemplating um that you're that you're almost like like contemplating how awareness like like almost like an echo chamber like it comes back to you Mm-hmm. and it's like okay like well it's like okay so if I'm there and I'm here then what happens when I'm here it's like look like just I think the contemplation of it is kind of what develops it even further yeah yeah I I <clears throat> I agree with you there and um I just like this is awareness I just think is is key because when we're not aware then we're just kind of fumbling along through life you know things may feel good they may not but we 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 don't know why and once we become aware of what's going on, you know, in our minds, how we use our minds and, and, and how we are showing up in life, whether, you know, it's creating it from circumstances and experiences and, and memories and, and the familiarity of what we've lived up until now, or whether it's from that vast pool of consciousness that is just so fluid all the time, that is incredibly powerful that is incredibly empowering which is another word you used earlier in the conversation but it can also be terrifying for some people to to think that oh my god like you mean i'm responsible for creating my life experience not some entity or force or you know big puppeteer pulling the puppet strings kind of thing um that that can be huge and a really challenging shift for some people to make because it's just too much responsibility all of a sudden um so that like when i when i talk to people about that i've met people sort of you know on both sides and kind of you know in the middle and going back and forth i i know people in my life who are like no i i for me it works to know that there is a god um, which is the word that they like to use that is in charge of me and that I can pray to that God, that I can ask that God for stuff. Um, and that works for me. And if it works for them, then great. Um, for me, what just blew my mind was when I discovered that, that I could, I could shape my life experience based on how I use my mind. And, mm. and the more I trained my mind and the more aware I became of the thoughts, beliefs and stories and feelings that, that had been just like on auto running on autopilot or this recorded loop for so long, like I had to become aware of them first mm-hmm. in order to shift, you know, in another direction. But once I did, life just changed. Like it's, it, it just, you know, and, and it's an ongoing evolution, you know, because even, even when I achieve things, when I attain things, when I become more of what it is that I have been endeavoring to become, there's always more, like, it's just, it's constantly changing. It's constantly evolving. It's constantly fluid. Um, There's this one little thing that I want to say, because it kind of made me laugh in my head which is not to like laugh at your mom because you know your mom is is awesome um and her her you know fears or her anxieties whatever like are are real to her right um but my mom who we've talked about numerous times on this show and she's never watched an episode and I'm like oh my god one of these days she's gonna watch one it's like why are you talking about me but um but she, she it's not like it's like you know total secrets 
Um, she also, um, getting Alzheimer's is kind of one of her, you know, fears. And so she does Sudoku, she does crossword puzzles. She, um, she, she could probably eat a little better, um, you know, more of an anti-inflammatory diet and brain healthy diet, but she does what she can, what she thinks is going to help her to not get Alzheimer's. Um, and, and so that's, that's one of the things she, you know, she does, even though it's not something that runs in our family. Uh-huh. But the, the thing that really sort of made me laugh was she has this thing where every now and then she's like, oh, so-and-so doesn't like me. So-and-so is mad at me, you know, so-and-so just, you know, something like that. And there yeah. was one time when she was talking about my sister and she's just like, oh, you know what? Your sister doesn't love me. She hates me, whatever. And I just thought, I, I'm like, okay. And, and I said, well, mom, what if she does? And she's like, you can't say that. And I'm like, well, what if she did though? Like, this is what you talk about constantly. And it just completely, you know, took her, took her, just like, it shifted her right away. It's like, you can't tell that story anymore. Um, like just, you know, like just enough of it. <laughs> this woe is me kind of thing, but to call her on it, you know, it was like, I could go like, oh no, she doesn't. And you know, whatever it's like, okay, but what if she did? <laughs> that, that, yep. um, are we allowed to shout out your mama's your mom's name yes okay shout out connie we love you we do love you connie <laughs> please remember that at least um what about the mct oil that isn't that like the kind of cure oil thing cure all cure oil you need to take a lot of it honey bunch it is it is it, great medium chain fatty acids they're they're really really good um but essentially like, i mean there's so many things you can do in you know on the relative plane um but no matter what you do if you are convinced that you are going to yeah. get alzheimer's and that's the belief you know that you are functioning or operating from that subconscious belief is going to continue to get in the way and continue to, you know, sabotage whatever other conscious plans you engage in to try and uh, not. Yeah, it's pretty, that's pretty wild too. I mean, we haven't even spoken about like, you know, the, the physical, how like, how consciousness, like how your thoughts then affect your body. Mm -hmm. like the functioning of your body mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like which is another thing i'm just kind of like well i'm doing my best to maintain this thing i can tell it's not perfect i can tell i'm not on all the time um i can really tell but maybe being able to tell is just you know a step in the right direction And, you know, that actually reminds me going back to, uh, I thought about it a while ago, was that it's not a, it's not a, and this is something that, that I constantly am reminded of and sometimes need to be reminded by Glenn or my prayer partners, or I'll read something that it's not a, this or that situation. It's not a, you know, I'm aligned and I'm tuned in and I'm, you know, a spiritual being having a spiritual existence in a spiritual universe or i'm not it's you're always that like when you said earlier you know it's uh how did you say it you know the the joy and the harmony um you know how accessible is a place of harmony joy and light 
is it there all the time? I think it might be. I totally believe that. I totally believe that we are the infinite expansive universe in and at play all the time. Sometimes our focus, our attention might stray, but we're never not what we, not who we are. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, even, even in those special occasions or on those special occasions, when we forget and our attention strays or we shift, you know, or we, we lower, you know, to a vibration of fear, anxiety, overwhelm, whatever, we're still that infinite expansive universe. We're still that, you know, vast pool of consciousness, you know, just flowing beautifully. Um, we're just kinking the flow. We're just, you know, as, as you know, in the, in the sort of the human experience that we're having, that's part of our growth. That's part of our evolution, I think. I'm, I'm getting, I'm sensing that Danielle is really going to step up and grace us with a song in a moment. Which I'm really looking forward to. <laughs> oh, but before is that we get, like? <laughs> um, that thing of, is it possible? Is it available? Um, my first thought was, well, it is like the sun comes up every day. And then the second thought was, no, the sun's there all the time. We're just turning away from it every day. And then we turn back towards it and, you know, from different angles. It's it's always like it's ever present. And the sun is such a great like embodiment of all of these principles of, you know, light the typical visual light and also lightness, you know, and warmth and love and energy. And it's just infusing everything on earth. It's just, it's an amazing representation of all these things that we kind of aspire to. So anyway, write a song in your head, 30 seconds, you, you'll figure it out. You, there's something, <laughs> Sorry. anything that, that does that spark anything to you? like in, in, in the songs that you've written or, um, well, I mean, I actually like <clears throat> songwriting isn't an easy thing for me. Um, and I'd love to even just retract that because I would, I would, I want it to be an easy thing. Maybe it hasn't been easy for me in the past. Um, I feel like in the past I have, um, found it challenging to, uh, just have the confidence mm. to have a voice and and um, put my words to music and feel like it's good enough. Um, and I think that in the past, these ideas have been very, very limiting and perhaps even just a, uh, an arena for me to learn how to just shine and learn how to learn how to uh, love myself and and just let myself do it no regardless of of any fear i have mm -hmm. um it, this has been a very uh charged thing for me and it's it, it, rationally speaking or when i can try and remove myself from it i think it's kind of funny how um how scary it can be for me <laughs> it's like what <laughs> like you know you're not killing someone at the moment. Like, if you write a song, it isn't perfect. You're not like, hmm. yeah, <clears throat> it's not life or death. Um, but uh, that aside, um, <clears throat> I uh, I think songwriting it, it's not as though I have 
done a lot of intentional songwriting or or go like you know like I'm gonna write a song about this it's like I just kind of have taken what I could get <laughs> and allowed myself to do um and a lot of the songs that I play that are mine are quite old at this point in my life um there's a song that I'm thinking of playing for you and I'm guessing I'm guessing this is the moment is this the moment? Sure. Yeah. This. I yeah. think. I think. It's <clears throat> happening. <laughs> yeah. And it was. It's very connected to some of the um, music that has been a big part of my my life and my family's life, and, and <clears throat> just what I've understood about. Just I feel like the the cloth I've kind of been I've come from in the past, and I I think you've heard it before. I'm just going to tune my guitar one more time before I get started. Uh, yeah, and it's... Um, I mean... it's a, I would say it's pretty subjective. And without describing it too much, maybe I'll just launch into it so that it can be experienced. Let's mute. So this song is called Falling Rain. There is something about these walls tonight. They feel farther away. Like if I cast a stone across it would only reach halfway. I've been purging this October, getting rid of a lot of stuff. Like all my funny looking clothes, I can't wear at my new job. But I'm not lonely, I'm not hurt. I'm coming home from a hard day's work. Nothing to say, nobody to say. Just the sound of falling rain from my window coming through. My apartment like a skeleton, like a highway at sun up. And the driver that's inside of me likes the space and just speeds up with the mamas and the papas on the radio and their tapestry of songs. Everybody sang like them. I might believe them when they say nothing's wrong. And if my name were Carol King, if I lived in New York. I would write and sing about everything by the time I reached the second verse. I'm not lonely. I'm not hurt. I'm coming home. I'm a hard day's work with nothing to say. Nobody to say it to. Just the sound of falling. Thank you. 
dollars from cutting half. Everybody's gonna be looking up at Alaska, trying to do the math. And my brother, he's coming home from tour at the end of tomorrow's day. We'll be talking about the road and business till we're barely awake. He won't be lonely, he won't be hurt. He's gonna put down all his bags and reach for a clean shirt. He'll have lots to say. Yeah, we can laugh until we're Oh, I think you have. Really? Because <laughs> I only have like a few songs that I play. <laughs> oh there's there's two that I know for sure that I've heard several times. Um, mm -hmm. But that one just doesn't ring anyway. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Honey Bunch, you are the one who pays so much more. And I was doing like really trying hard to pay attention to lyrics, but you hear lyrics a million times more clearly and more quickly and just more profoundly than I do. So I'm going to defer to you to speak. To what? To pick up, pick apart a perfect song? No, what? not to pick up oh, part no. of a perfect song, but like, what, even... did you, what did you get out of that? What did you hear? Well, I like that you evoke the, that time. Someone was saying that this to me the other day, there's a certain, um, I lived through the, the seventies as a young boy mm -hmm. into the eighties and even the nineties is when I really started to discover the music of the sixties and seventies. Right. <clears throat> so mama's and the papa's Carol King ta tapestry. Um, there's a certain kind of like amazing groundedness to the lightness of the music that they had. Like, they're, they're, I mean, especially with Carol King, that one iconic album cover where it's like she's sitting on the, on the, like by her window kind of thing. Um, there, there's like an emotional, I don't know what it is, but like there's a certain, um, there's like a very deep mind of, of feeling and experience there. Like she, like Carol King, for example, she's, written so many great songs like even for yeah. the runettes and all that stuff right you mm -hmm. know will you still love me tomorrow and whatever it's just like that kind of stuff of loss and and connection that i think you get to a little bit later in the song with your brother and stuff um it's very like it's 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 a it's a language all of its own right that 
even that little subgenre of music is its own language because you can you can meet someone at a party have no you've never met them you don't know anything about them and for some reason a song letter comes up and you both connect it's like oh that's that uh that's that isn't that a lyric from that song you know um but uh yeah that's it's a really good way to connect people and that that's one of your gifts that's something that you do is you get you you're able to kind of recalibrate the vibration of people who are actually listening to you you know like i've heard you more like when you did your facebook live stuff where you're you're interpreting and and just asking for people to come up with um suggestions of songs to cover and you would just you know you have such an amazing jukebox of of classic songs and songs that you love that maybe other people haven't heard you know which if you ever have an opportunity to listen to danielle on on her on if they're still available do it because it's really cool um but yeah this is a whole other side of you where the the muses are doing their thing through you and it's beautiful thank you thank you <clears throat> you know i at honey bunch i'm glad that you brought up the the facebook lives and the covers because it took me back to the conversation that we had when you were a guest in my living in a spiritual universe um facebook group I can't even remember now if it was pre-COVID or not. No, I think it was just like, that was the first summer. I think that was the first summer. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we're, I think it was in that conversation where you talked about your love of covers and, and how, well, actually, I'm not going to, could you, could you speak to that? Because I thought it was so interesting when you talked about why covering someone else's music brings you so much joy and, and so mm -hmm. much value. Um, it we just, you had such a, it was just so interesting to listen to. So I would, I would, and, and the only other thing before you do that, I just want to say, I, I really listened to the lyrics in that song and I wrote down the, you know, sort of the refrain. Um, but I, I just love being so how I'm drawn in to your music. I am just pulled in because there is this grace that just flows through as your, your voice, which is so crystal clear and so beautiful and just so, so resonant, um, just like cascades and flows along with just this easy, you know, playing guitar that is going on at the same time. It's very contemplative to me, the way that you sing and that you play, almost sort of like the way that you speak and that you just sort of, you know, think and marinate and chew on stuff as you're speaking. And um, and that was that was a song where I did get the references of the of the musicians. So <laughs> yay. Um, <laughs> it just there's this contemplative vibe and sense that 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 you have or that I pick up on. Um, and I just it's beautiful and, and, and I just love it. So anyway, so I just wanted to say that, but yeah, if you could speak to why you love playing other people's music so much, um, when there are so many bands out there who are like when, you know, we get to where we are by covering other people's music, but then we got to write our own music. Cause that's how we got to, you know, move forward in life. So, yeah. Thanks. Well, it's a very interesting subject because, um, I think I feel like, really I feel extremely passionate about covers um and sometimes I also feel a bit like I hide behind them a little bit mm -hmm. but 
I don't think that I need to invest, like, especially when you have, like, I don't think I need to, to think about that too much in a way, because I think there's room for everything. There's room for me to write. There's room for me to do covers. They're both amazing. Go for it. Um, covers is how I have made my living um, as a musician. So there's that in my experience and my ideas around commercial music. It's a reality. Um, however, I don't want to, I don't want that reality to live in me. Um, but yeah, like people come up and then they hear me and I think often they want to it's kind of like i think when i've heard when they've heard me play a song they love um and they hear me they, maybe they hear me play a couple songs they love in a live setting and i'll go up and i'll speak to them because i can tell they're really enjoying it and i'll connect with them and i'll say how are you doing i can tell you're really liking the music is there anything else i can play for you and often people will say well, what's your favorite song and i'll say you know it, it sounds very put on it sounds very cheesy, but actually my favorite song is your favorite song because I get great, uh, what is it? It makes me feel very valued and very connected to people when I can do something for them that makes them feel really good. Yeah. Like they, it makes me feel like I'm in service. And it also is like, I don't play music I don't like. Like if people are like, can you play this song? And I don't know it. It's because I haven't learned it, probably because I don't love it. Right. So anything that people ask me for that I can play, I inherently love. It's just built into it. And I also feel like, I mean, I love content. I, it's really, really interesting for me to think about the dissemination of music from, you know, let's say like popular music being like it used to be pre-radio that popular music was disseminated in sheet music. Everybody could play the piano and there would be a hit song and the way that that hit song would flow into the world would be a sheet, sheet music would be printed and it would be profitable enough for sheet music to be printed and then that song would become popular because people would play it and sing it because they didn't have radios, <laughs> which is like an amazing thing to think about. I love thinking about how household um, entertainment systems is like, it used to be that every household had a piano. Yeah. And then it used to be that every household had a television. And now every household has a computer. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, moved and it's all music has flowed through all of those things and other things too but just going back to why I brought this up was because um, as music progressed and it became distributed um, and industry got involved and shaped that there were times when there was only certain places where you could hear music and therefore certain kinds of music would certain songs would become very popular regionally and it had to do a lot with radio, the way that radio was distributed. And then that had to do with listener support. And so there was a symbiotic relationship with the region that the music was coming out of and what, and what listeners would listen to. There was segregation in music until there wasn't. 
and then you know popular like large record companies would would um invest in their artists you know that's why we all know who the beatles are fleetwood mac uh bruce springsteen all these household names now it's not like that yeah and so there's still there's still huge huge pop artists but i'd say the dissemination the old the kind of like the way that music is distributed the the huge huge global pop artists are the only pop like artists that are distributed in the same way they used to be and have that kind of reach and so this is all tying back to why i like covers is because at a certain time there were huge unification pieces culturally there were they were touchstones like why in that song glenn i you know i can reference tapestry that album was massive and i can reference the mamas and the papas everyone knows like or so many people know what that is but like today's young people like they don't have that kind of collective attention mm -hmm. where they would share lyrics where they could you know everyone could be like you just call out my name and you know wherever i am i'll come running to see you again it's like they don't have that so when i when i love covers it also has to do with going into a public space and singing a song where i can bring so many people together in a moment mm -hmm. yep. and I think that's, and that's not something I can do with my original music. It's different. There, it, it has, it has nothing to do with the hierarchy, um, but it's very, um, you know, like people like listening to like sweet emotion or something yeah. in, a, in a room at the right time or just like in a movie or something. It's so evocative. And we're all, the, I think the power that it has of when, when people know something collectively um, that's one of the reasons I love also, I love covers. So, yeah, yep. sort of a long answer, but. No, that's a great answer. I, I mean, the, like the, some of the words that I circled were, um, how you feel, you know, valued and connected and like you're in service and as someone who has been in an audience, you know, in a tiny club or in a stadium, um, when, when I get to hear a song that I know that everybody else in the room knows, um, and, you know, unless you're all there to see like the same band because you love that band, if it's a cover, the way that you're talking about it, it does exactly that. It brings everybody together. It just, it, it's just, it's this incredible, unifying force like you said and i just um and at the same time even though it's bringing everyone together you still remain in service and you remain in integrity you know to who you are as a musician because you bring your own spin you know onto that piece that you love um as well because you said that you don't play music that you don't like and so it just, you know, it brings everyone in the room together. It connects you with everyone. It just, everyone is interconnected in this, um, literally in harmony, right? Of the music. So mm -hmm. nice. That, that, uh, I mean, I have one of my favorite playlists I listen to on my phone, uh, is a covers playlist mm -hmm. and it's like, when you hear someone sing a song and then they they put such a, a great um, amount of their own 
energy into it and it kind of zooms off onto its own orbit like what like what is this this is not even the original song and you almost want you like you'd like it better you know you know those rare things where you just like oh yeah wow this is like the one of them i have on here is stevie wonder singing we can work it out the beatles song and oh it's yeah so like punchy and it's just like it's joyous it's just like it's an amazing thing it just becomes like an entirely different song mm -hmm. but it's the same song but he just reframes it and you know um and similarly with uh donny hathaway singing the john lennon song jealous guy which is sublime I love that it's song. a live it's a live version and it's this like the organ just becomes you know the heartbeat kind of throb of this of the song mm. it's beautiful and it's almost mm. like he he sort of peppers john lennon's words into this music that is him you know so it's not yeah. his it's not his words but he has his own essence which is his music and then he samples this he's using all of john lennon's words but it's just like it's just there last thing i watched um the get back get back uh, documentary mm -hmm. and we we uh which is anyway it's a whole other thing with lassie and the beatles but um hearing john lennon sing like these early versions of the songs being crafted like um mm. there's a there's a version of uh, i think george harrison there's an early sort of peppering of some of one of his songs that became later something else but it's the same with john lennon he starts um i think it's credited as um on was it on the road to something it's a completely different song and then it becomes jealous guy it becomes a john lennon song after the beatles split up right um and it's just like just hearing those those guys do their thing and then throw out so much of what they did when they first started it and become, mm. like even the song get back it becomes it starts as a, a protest song and then becomes like this weird journey song or whatever like a journey not not a song by journey but um <laughs> i love get back <laughs> yeah. um yeah like it's i mean the other thing that when you talk about covers um is just like seeing someone's individuality like it's like if it, if a cover song were like a vessel or or um a, a template yeah it's like hearing different people express themselves through it and how different a mm. song can be when it is sung differently is also like really exciting to me like it's like you know like i um one one song like actually there's because we're talking about covers now there is um there's a podcast called strong songs i don't know if you've ever heard of it um but i recently i listened to two or maybe it's one and a half episodes probably just the first i know that he um can't remember where he's based out of but uh he has some really rich podcasts devoted to covers and it's a it's a really 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 well done um mm. analysis mm. and wow and um 
and I'm going to use one of the examples that was on the show, which is um, a uh, Tears for Fears song, Mad World. Yeah. Um, and the original version, in fact, I'll use two examples. The original version is like, is very, is very produced in, of its time um, in the 80s. It's very synthed up. There, there's a lot of like, like rhythmic sequencing and um, energy. It's very energetic. Um, and there was a cover done for the movie Donnie Darko. Um, and this cover was very, very famous. And it's, it's just this guy, just him on piano. And um, there's like a little bit of instrumentation to it, but the somberness of it. And um, it's, it's, so, it's so bleak and um, so different from the original. And they're both extremely beautiful and just have a really like they conjure up such different feelings the other example i'll use just because it was so good (laughs) on the show which is uh you know a song we all a lot of us know and love um is the rolling stone satisfaction you know we we know what that is um just a classic uh perfect rock and roll song (laughs) and then how devo Yep. came along and and just yeah, like get me no. decon- yeah. like deconstructed it and and like like made it into be like something like probably it was more even about the genre of music at the time than it was perhaps about the the message of the song mm-hmm. yeah. um but uh the way it's talked about on that podcast is really great uh, really exciting and a good example. I think it's a, it really expounds upon what we're talking about. And um, interestingly, Mick Jagger had to, like, they were, they invited Mick Jagger to sign off on the Devo cover just to make sure it was, like, <laughs> it was accepted because it was so out, like, far out, yeah. you know, right. and of the time. But, but this is a really good example of, like, you know, the song being the the fixed piece yeah, and then other people coming in and yeah. you know changing it in a way to even like mark the time mm-hmm. you know like mark what's going on in the world at that time mark what production styles are are popular and what kind of instruments are happening and just what mm-hmm. what is that time saying you know what is 1987 or what is like 1993 or what is you know what are we talking about you know? yeah Wow, that's oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that. I'm not as huge a podcast listener as Glenn is, but I would love to listen to that specific episode of that. That sounds. I'll awesome. send it to you. It's worth it. Okay. It's really worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Then, um, then there's the whole other thing of people who, you know, the most famous songs, the most famous version of the song is not by the original person. Mm-hmm. Like so, it takes someone else to make it a chart hit. Like. Um, Nielsen everybody's talking the Fred Neil song it's like yeah. it's just and again when you go and hear the original it's like wow this is awesome in its own way you know but we've mm-hmm. become very you know like you were saying about radio just sort of um massaging what what people um you know what's acceptable right and uh, mm-hmm. and it's, sometimes you just have to do a little bit little little bit of digging so I guess it's these podcasts are good things to good tools that we have now to oh yeah deeper right <clears throat> it's so fascinating oh, mm-hmm. 
Um, the song Valerie comes to mind for me, you know, oh. the Amy Winehouse song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. Really, and, and it was so funny because, I mean, we, we listened to Amy Winehouse, but I had heard the Zuton song numerous times because there was a time where we spent a lot of time listening to BBC Six Music. Mm. And um, that was our radio. And, and it was such a great tune. And then she came along and covered it and made it, you know, even better. And she got way, way, way more, you know, traction with it than they ever did. But it just, you know, there, there are people who had no idea who the Zootons were because they'd heard it done by Amy Winehouse. And it was, it was, mm -hmm. and that they, the story was that they, they were, they're a band playing in, in London, they're from Liverpool, but they're playing in London. Uh, Amy Winehouse is like local bar, pub, whatever. They were playing there a lot. So they became like one of her favorite bands, right? Mm. Uh, so when she brought that song to Mark Ronson, when he did that um, album yeah. version with all these different singers, you know, um, he was like, yeah, this, I don't, this is no good. Like, I don't like it. It's not, she tried it. She did a couple of, you know, so they did these um, versions of it and then just it wasn't working and for some reason he just after the band the daptones he had with them put all their instruments away he's like just try it a di slightly different way and whatever and they did two takes of that and then that's that's one of them became the hit nice hmm. just way different from the original but yeah it's so fascinating how you can reinterpret stuff um i mean soft sell uh home mm -hmm. love yeah you know being a being also a motown hit yeah previously well um it okay so they're interesting because they did they did the chart hit in britain was tainted love slash um the, the supreme song uh i'm blanking what is it anyway one of the supreme songs so it became mm. like a two for one but tainted love is by gloria jones who was married to um, Mark Bolin, T-Rex, right? Um, so that was her, like, hit. It, like, it was more like a, a Motown, like a... Yeah. Um, like a Northern Soul song. Like, it was a big yeah. song in the dance clubs. Yeah. But it wasn't... It, so when, but when Soft Cell put those things together, it, it just became like, um, wow, what is this? Yeah. It just turned people well, on to Motown and stuff. Totally different versions, like really both totally strong. where did our love go right that's a song where did our love go hmm. interesting i haven't heard that one by soft cell i mean like i remember it was like a 12 inch yeah. remix thing but it's just like the two songs put together slowed down huh. the beat you know it's amazing you know yeah i remember i remember looking into soft cell after that and i didn't really like there wasn't something that really yeah. like yeah. grabbed me beyond yeah. that but yeah. but uh yeah just another well, good example well, a cover say hello wave goodbye was there biggest original hit i think oh okay which is worth checking out it's, it's a beautiful all song. right yeah thank you yeah mm -hmm. um, okay well you know with all this talk of covers how i wish that you could play a cover for us but that's not yeah. possible because of copyright issues so oh. if, yeah if you like you know a couple of people that's might hear it and then it would get yanked off of youtube because we don't necessarily don't have the rights you know for you to play it um hmm. so We've been talking for about an hour and a half, a little bit more. And so I'm wondering, do you have another song in you that you would like to share with us before we 
start to kind of wrap things up <laughs> or not i don't i actually like don't really feel like i have something okay that would be appropriate all right like yeah yeah. Okay. Now, Glenn, and you'll be able to like tell people in, in a bit, but I mean, you have been performing live recently, right? It's you're not just yeah. on Facebook anymore. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's correct. I actually haven't been on Facebook for a little while, even though I miss it um, in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, I'd love to get back. I think I got a little distracted because I wanted to develop being on Twitch a little bit. And then I found that making that leap mm -hmm. kind of challenging. Mm -hmm. but online performance is something that I find to be very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. and something I really enjoy for what it is. Um, more recently, uh, I, I, because I'm based in Victoria, as you guys are, um, I play at the Empress Hotel. I play at the Irish Times Pub. I've been playing a lot up in Shawnigan Lake at this place called the Lake House. And I play wherever I can appear. Sometimes I get gigs um, at Herman's Jazz Club. Sometimes I, um, I, I might have a show coming up on the 25th of March. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to be solo or with my band at this point. Um, and that'll be at the James Bay United Church. So I, I, I'm going to be on March 6th. I think that's next weekend. I'll be appearing at um, the Center for Spiritual Living again during their service. So, you know, I, I have certain places where I get to appear more or less regularly at this point. And I'm very hopeful about um, that growing. Lovely. Nice. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. one thing I, just, I can ask, I mean, we weren't able to, to be there, but just recently at Herman's, didn't you do, was it a Joni Mitchell night? I yeah. did, um, and that's something that I, I really want to get back to developing, um, and uh, it was a tribute to Joni Mitchell, and it was very, very well received. Um, I sold out the show with my band, and it was a dream come true. <clears throat> Joni Mitchell is a huge inspiration for me, so I really hope to be presenting that again in Victoria, uh, the name, the title of the project is Miles of Isles, um, which uh, is a nod to the name of one of Joni's live albums. Um, and uh, yeah, I would encourage you if you're in Victoria and you can see that popping up in any promotion called Miles of Isles. And um, I look forward to developing it. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, now we're going to, um, before we totally wrap things up, move into a sort of more fun, light little segment called a super rapid fire question round, where mm. Glenn is going to bombard you with a bunch of neat little groovy questions uh, for one minute. You just answer okay. top of mind, whatever comes to mind, no deep thought or contemplation here. And it's just a way for us and our listeners to get to know you just a little bit better. So, okay. Honey Bunch, are and you at the ready with your questions? Just one thing, bear in mind that some of these things may be very difficult to answer. So just pick one. <laughs> <laughs> they're impossible, some of them. Okay. But they're fun. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On your mark, get set, go. Okay, Danielle, how many tattoos do you have? Two. 
Okay, and then which do you prefer, Dolly or Joni? Oh, so hard. I can't, I can't, I'm sorry. Okay, sweet or savory? Savory. Okay, funny friends or honest friends? Honest friends. Oh, but this is so hard. Uh, oh. Both, both. Both, so okay, hard. being yeah. invisible or be able to fly? Fly. Okay, tea or coffee? Tea. Solo singing or with the band? Both. Ask for help or go it alone? Both. Showers or baths? Baths. Oh, uh, bicycles or cars? Oh, bicycles. Forgetting or forgiving? Forgiving. Swearing or hitting pillow? What? To get rid of anger, you swear or you hit hit a pillow. Ah, uh, I swear. Okay. Ding 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 ding. Okay, Glenn, tell I love that. Danielle what? what she's won. Okay. Well, you've won from the book "Embers" by Richard Wagamese. Oh, thank an you. Excerpt an excerpt one, from one Ojibwe's meditation. Actually, two because one of them is short. <clears throat> First, he says, it seems to me the act of being spiritual is simply the act of allowing myself to feel my spirit move. It's not a huge ideological or theological process. It's just opening myself to living and allowing myself to absorb and to be absorbed at the same time. That means I can find creator in a blues run, a dance sequence, a conversation, a baby's laugh, the sound of the wind in the trees and the immaculate silence of an empty room in the stillness of dawn. Like now, here on the 18th floor of a hotel with the sky a seeming foot away from my face. And then finally he says, and this is the last page of the book, to tell, to use the act of breathing to shape air into sounds that take on the context of language that lifts and transports those who hear it takes them beyond what they think and know and feel and empowers them to think and feel and know even more. We're all storytellers, really. That's what we do. That is our power as human beings. Not, not to tell people how to think and feel and therefore know, but through our stories, allow them to discover questions within themselves. Turn off your TV and your devices and talk to each other, share stories, be joined, transported, and transformed. Hmm. I don't know why, but that's our gift to you today. Hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Honey Bunch, for those lovely Richard Wagamese quotes. Thank you, Danielle LeBeau-Peterson, for being here today. Um, you've already mentioned some live stuff that is coming up for you. If someone wanted to learn more about you, find more about uh, who you are, where you're playing, um, just, you know, what is it that Danielle LeBeau-Peterson shows up as in this world? Where could they go? Um, just find me on social media okay. under Danielle LeBeau-Peterson on Facebook and Instagram. This is where I do my promotion and where I notify people for upcoming gigs. All right, fantastic. We will have a slide up so that uh, whoever's watching on YouTube can see that slide and it'll also be in the description 
for the podcast. So thank you so much for being our super special guest today. It was so awesome to hang out with you for a couple of hours. Thank mm-hmm. you, Honey Bunch, for co-steering the ship as always. And thank you everyone for watching, for listening, however it is that you are engaging with us and this podcast. We are so grateful for your time and presence. Our guest today has been the super amazing singer, songwriter, and and deep, deep contemplative thinker, Danielle LeBeau-Peterson. My name is Lasia. I have been your host. Glenn Sheridan has been my co-host. This has been another episode of Who Do You Think You Are? And there will be another brand spanking new episode coming up in about two weeks. All right. Thanks for now. Bye. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks. Goodbye. This has been an episode of Who Do You Think You Are? An exploration into how our thoughts, beliefs, and feelings create our reality. My name is Lasia Kahoot, and I have been your host. My co-host has been Glenn Sheridan. We'd like to thank the following for helping make this podcast a reality. Today's special guest, Danielle LeBeau-Peterson. Music, Vasco Lorenko Copyright, 123RF.com. Background illustration, Sakma Staircase Copyright, 123RF.com. For more information on this podcast and our Lassia Kahoot Soul Excavator, please visit www.lassiacahoot.com. If you like what you've heard, please like, subscribe, and let us know by leaving a comment. Thanks for tuning in to Who Do You Think You Are?